first met Ivan one of the very first weeks I was here in Hong Kong and uh, I think we were introduced by some friends and Ivan is a fantastic soul he's, he's tall uh, a little bit pepper and salt in the air now when I met him he was actually full dark air and um, he's always joyful he's passionate super dynamic and one of the things that happened and this I would say happens very rarely we kind of instantly clicked and uh, we found similar passion about motorbikes and design and also a little bit fashion uh, what's surprising about Ivan is what he always brings in a conversation that although he presents itself sometimes with, uh, with a smile and always positivity is the depth of the ideas that he has my name is Gianluca Cinque Palmi you are listening to GLC Live my podcast dedicated to business design I'm an educator, design entrepreneur and best-selling author in this show I challenge designers, creatives and entrepreneurs to unravel the complexities between business and design in this episode discovery and the subtle link between business and design ciao Ivan ciao Gianluca well uh, flattering thanks <laughs> uh, indeed uh, my name is Ivan Perra and uh, as Gianluca mentioned we met a while ago I've been uh, starting my career almost by chance in Hong Kong and uh, my career has been so lucky that uh, brought me to touch a lot of different aspects of the business. So I started in uh, retail in Hong Kong for a, a very famous uh, design brand, furniture brand, Cartel. Okay. So after that I was... Uh, I was a bit uh, tired of um, this uh, retail life, so I was uh, able to move into a more B2B environment that brought me to work for another very famous brand. Its name is the Cheruti, 181. I think we met when you were working Cheruti, right? Bravo, bravo. And I was bothering you to buy shirts, I remember. <laughs> you remember that? Angel Luke is a very big man, so <laughs> shirts for him are quite challenging. <laughs> After Ceruti, when he did one, I move on uh, into a very niche brand, uh, like uh, from Paris, uh, accessories uh, such as bags. So in that kind of occasion, I was able to touch uh, aspect of the business, like again, retail, uh, franchisee, travel retail, e-commerce. So it was a 360 experience that brought me and led me to a more famous and uh, I would say fast expanding brand like Kenzo. Few years in Kenzo in charge of Asia in terms of business development. And then a big jump in Roberto Cavalli, historical luxury brand. Uh, a lot about uh, uh, Hollywood movie star life and uh, experience, <laughs> in store <laughs> experience, definitely. After Roberto Cavalli, here we are with my latest uh, adventure in Versace, where I take care of Asia in terms of uh, franchising and travel retail again. So <laughs> that's moving. Really, that's impressive. And uh, 
you know, I was following your career and one of the things that uh, it's very interesting is how you were very transformative in all these brands and you were um, really bringing a different take, whether they were um, from retail side, but also from product. And, and this is why I would like to, to discuss with you this topic of discovery. And um, service and discovery, I think they are very important nowadays. And, um, and I believe is the only way that the classic retail brick and mortar uh, should exist. Is, is that true? Do you think, do you think actually brick and mortar is, is still relevant? nowadays that you can buy anything online that's a very interesting question actually this is the question that we ask ourselves even when we build our own pnl because indeed right now Gianluca, you're touching a point that makes a difference is like is it brick and mortar bringing something to the brand is e-commerce taking over it's omni-channel really something what is omni-channel <laughs> and uh definitely brick and mortar brick and mortar makes sense as a reason of life as a meaning till the moment brick and mortar is able to deliver experience is mm. able to represent what the brand is and the value that the brand is standing for i i speak about this in um in my publication when i when i talk about what i defined in my social social shift and um i try to explain in different aspects not only retail is the top of the line i would say you know is the peak of this experience but it could permeate in everything in business in design in branding and is understanding this huge social shift that happened in the past 100 years and uh, i talk about it um in in the sense that so we shifted from what we call a industrial society where the consumer and also the businesses were producing goods that had, they were recognized for what we say intrinsic value of a good. So I buy a, a you know, an expensive fountain pen because the, the nib is in gold or I buy cashmere sweater because it's the finest uh, wool that you could find. So this is the intrinsic value of the product. And this was uh, something that now shifted. And you can see this in, in a lot of luxury brands that now we are in what we call the postmodern society where instead of prizing the intrinsic value of the product, we prize the symbolic value of a product so you're completely right i mean you got the point the <laughs> world has changed and now globalization has flattened the the offer of of the brand so the intrinsic value of the product sometimes uh, goes missing because everybody's able to do more or less the same kind of quality at a very similar kind of price so where do you make the differences with something that is not tangible yeah and also you now see the rays of very famous brands like uh, especially in the streetwear uh, spectrum you see uh, antisocial social club uh, supreme 
and all of these brands that they actually do streetwear. So yeah. they are doing t-shirts that you can find in so many different brands, but because of the symbolic value and because of the access, because of the people, because of their connection and experience uh, that they deliver, they are becoming super successful. They're still selling t-shirts. Ah, you are completely right. Here we are assisting at the democratization of luxury. <laughs> <laughs> True, especially now with Virgil as well. And he's doing an amazing job in, in my opinion. But, you know, I think LVMH or LV is doing, you know, having the guts to let him do what he's doing is also a sign of change that traditionally um, LV was, was quite a traditional company and now they're trying to address their public in a, in a very different way. And um, I wanted to tell you a story because we want to talk about retail and also what I get often, especially now that we finish this a series of, of um, discussion, um, a lot of people ask me about business design and what does business design actually means, but most importantly, how do you apply it, which is the tough one, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and so I was like, oh, okay, I need to find something very tangible and, and uh, thank you for coming and, and being part of this discussion that is a little bit sensitive as well, because we are being, uh, I mean, I don't want to crucify retail, but a lot of people do it extremely right, but the large majority do it very wrong. No? Yeah. So uh, the story that, that we were talking a few minutes ago was I, it happened to me and, and this started this thinking process and, and, and then the exercise that we're going to do later. Uh, I wanted to buy sunglasses and I had in mind a very specific brand, a very specific model. I did my research uh, the fact that Jay-Z has the same model really comfort me because I said, okay, if, if he's wearing that, you know, it must be a good brand. And, and so, um, but because I have a very big nose <laughs> and I wanted to see it on my face, I, I went to a retail, a sunglasses retail here in Hong Kong. And, um, and I asked if they were carrying that specific brand Actually, I did my, my due diligence before. I looked online. I made sure that the store was carrying the brand. And they were not giving me enough information if they had the specific model that I wanted. So I could buy it online, but I was not ready to purchase yet because it was not about the price too much, but more like, oh, do I, do I actually like it on me? Will it fit? You know, will it hurt my nose? I don't know, all those kind yeah. of things. And um, and I went to this retail and the sales associate was spectacular. He was amazing. And so he very kindly explained that we he didn't care uh, carry that uh, model specifically. <laughs> and he ended up guiding me to another section of the store. 
and and then he started pulling out glasses and at the end of the day i came home with a totally different pair of glasses not only a totally different pair of glasses in form like the the one that i wanted were in acetate which is a kind of a plastic and i came back with a, a metal frame glasses but also a brand that i never thought i would buy a style that I never thought I would buy. Of course, I I tried them on. I really liked them, but because they were from, I will not say the brand, but they, <laughs> they are from a big brand. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would. I didn't thought I was going to buy that uh, that kind of uh, glasses. And and this led me to think about this journey of discovery. And uh, and. And trying to to see how what was the the selling strategy behind all this process, right? Mm. And so, and I know you are a master of this. Oh, that's <laughs> a very, you touched two very interesting points. Amazing. First, you went through a ROPO process, so you did research online and purchase offline, but then you encounter a, a very very skillful sales team. Actually, we call them advisors now. Okay. And uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> these are advisors because advisors is a position that position you uh, uh, evenly towards the customer. So the customer feel want to listen to you. You're not a staff, you are an advisor. There are three kind of approaches that we could identify here. There is a very and according to the brand strategy you marry one of these approach. Uh, there is a very straight approach when your brand is particularly strong and when you turn volume, even in luxury. And this is a selling ceremony, very straight, not much space for uh, initiative mm-hmm. for, that, for the advisor in store. To every uh, action, there is a reaction that has been studied and planned before and the staff goes through training in the morning two hours every day. Okay. Very mechanic. So if I say, oh, this is too expensive... I know what to say. say. Like, oh, but whatever. Absolutely. There is a rea- even the way you say it's too expensive, trigger a different kind of reaction. But usually the advisor doesn't listen much to you because the brand awareness is very strong. So this kind of ceremony is very um, is matching very well brand that have very strong brand awareness that do not really need to listen to the customer. Okay. Then there is another kind of of selling ceremony that is completely the opposite. And this is very much related to feeling and emotion. Okay. So it's basing its pillars in in establishing a very human feeling, human contact. And is very related also to the talent of the advisor in human relationships. So you have more freedom in terms of how to build your speech, how to build your relationship, how to enter into contact with the customer. And it brings risk and advantages because the binding, the, 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 the link you create with the customers might be very deep, but the room for mistake are quite, are quite wide. Then there is an in-between, and in-between where most of the brands are laying. Like, okay. And that's why you feel that most of the people are doing retail but are not really doing it in the full short. Because they try this in between having a selling ceremony that takes care of feeling an emotion and human touch. So eventually you try to do both and you, you yeah. end up not doing very well because you try to do too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, another thing that, you know, I'm not a, 
I'm I'm super interested because I think although we are trying we are talking about retail and transaction, I feel this permeates in so many different aspects of any company, which is what we can call a transactional approach. Like whatever that doesn't matter, you know, like I just want to sell you shoes. That that's my goal. Now my PNL is what matters, right? And I don't care if the shoes are right for you or wrong for you or too big, too too small. As as soon as I sell the the goods, yeah, that that's my goal. Yeah. You know? And I think, and and this is interesting because you can definitely uh, see the passion of especially when you go into luxury stores and you see the difference of of um, a retail advisor versus another retail advisor you can tell that someone are truly passionate about the brand and they they truly convey a certain message message and others are just there to you know get a paycheck and and i know for certain because my lovely wife is in fashion and i you know been been I, I was directly uh, working with fashion brands before when I was consulting, but also indirect because half of my friends are in fashion here <laughs> in Macron and, and saying how, you know, the, the human resources are the key. And, and this started triggering a, a, a questions like, why do you think some advisors are more engaged and they can deliver a unique experience and some don't i think there are two components well one it's raw talent okay you're fit for the job or you're not and second is a kind of training is a kind of exercise that you can uh, push them to go through on regular basis and that becomes a weapon and at the end you are so natural when okay. you approach a customer that the customer cannot even understand that actually that's uh, an exercise you've been repeating and repeating and repeating. <laughs> and I have, I don't know, I have, I have a mixed, uh, I have mixed feelings on that because I think there is another way uh, to approach that because in a way, I think especially nowadays where where we are talking about emotional emotional engagement there is a there is a, you know the, the concept of selling is it almost gets a bad rap like oh i'm a salesman it carries negativity um and i don't believe so i don't believe so because sometimes i mean being a salesman means that you are also at service of somebody else, which is something that is very positive. I noble. think noble, exactly. And we were having this conversation a few nights ago when we were out uh, for dinner and we were talking about how, for example, we are both from Milan and, uh, and how beautiful it was when we went in those, um, old fashion restaurants and you still have, you know the the waiter that is the proper maitre, yeah. uh, and and you know dressed up in a certain way, and you know he peels your orange with fork and knife, and there is value in that too, and it's beautiful, and and you can see who was, who is 
actually a, a, a professional, even in that serving and, and pleasing the customer, while if you go in, in you know, uh, in any coffee shop and you have a, a student that is, you know, is a part-time and he doesn't really care, he's there just to make a few bucks. There is a huge gap in professionality in, in how they engage. Um, so I would love to go with you through a small exercise that um, I thought about retail and I wanted to know what do you think about and how we could change this perspective of the um, advisors and maybe help them to reframe their way of how they approach uh, the selling process. So please go on GLC Live, download the worksheet, and we will be back soon with Ivan to uh, go through this exercise. This interlude is sponsored by glc.live. Please visit glc.live. That's glc.live. Or Golf Lima, Charlie Lima, India Victor Eco. Or Good Lies Can Live in Valleys Everywhere. Oh, and one more thing don't forget to download the worksheets for this episode. Bye. Okay, so we're back. Um, so Ivan, the concept here is discovery. I actually um, thought about this the this exercise about how do you discover things that I don't know, mm. and and also and this is related to the story previously, which is I didn't know what I wanted, or better, I didn't know that I wanted that product. Um, so. I think this framework, and of course, I, I'm aware that depending on brand on brand, you have a lot of um, training, of course, Absolutely. millions of dollars, I believe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and there are a lot of aspects of branding, interior design, they all become part of, of this solution. But I think is like anything, like when I consult CEOs or students or business people, I always try to challenge them in reframing their mindset. Even this this podcast was designed with with, with the idea of reframing the the challenges and trying to change and shift your mindset on what is business and what is design and why is in my own opinion they should be put on on equal footing and not mm -hmm. letting them um, run on on separate tracks mm -hmm. so um how do you how do we try to engage a, a customer and this is the perfect example of business design so we are we are approaching a process that is a business process mm -hmm. which is a transaction I have money, you have goods, I come to the store, I need to purchase whatever, shoes mm -hmm. or pants. No, very transactional. No, mm. there, they, there might be a chance there, I don't know, I ripped my pants, I, you know, <laughs> I walk into a store 
And I'm like, okay, just give me the first pair of pants that fit me because I need to go to a meeting. Well, if you do it in a luxury store (laughs) or somewhere. (laughs) Sometimes you might have that. And and here is the is the uh, is something that we discussed, and and I want your input. And when we designed this exercise together, were so we were we were thinking about how do we reframe this idea of moving from the transaction and going into the experience and discovery, right? right. So we begin with, um, we think about, and this could be applied to retail, but I, I think this could be applied on any kind of service in, in an abstraction way. Doesn't need to be the classic luxury retail, of course, your expertise is in luxury retail. And so when we designed this together, we had that in mind. But I believe that even the simple transaction of, of a market, uh, a farmer's market would function exactly the same. Yeah, or definitely. I think it, could, it could be adapted. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, adaptation is, is, a, is an art that uh, would be very useful. here. <laughs> okay, so we, we begin with, uh, we, we were discussing, we have to begin with observation. To open a discussion yeah yeah definitely observation can be physical can be body language can be nuances <laughs> okay. okay and to find the right way to open that window in which you break break the ice that the so-called icebreaker. icebreaker exactly and empathy as well so you start to build empathy like oh i understand what you might feel in that specific moment absolutely it might be someone actually with just happening to be there and having some time to kill or it might be someone with a pants with a broken <laughs> yeah, a broken pants yeah. <laughs> so. example so first the first part is any can is observing and trying to understand who's the person in front of you and also i would say can we say acknowledge that in front of you is not a, an atm Exactly. Or a money machine, but exactly. but the, a real person. I mean, don't jump, don't jump on him or her like he's a wallet. <laughs> no, like a, a genuine approach, interest, right? interest, human, pure. And once you through this observation, we have to discover that point two, two is we need to understand what is the purpose of your visit, right? That's very key, though, because as I said, sometimes you don't have a purpose. Sometimes exactly. you're just there, you're killing time, you're alone, you're on business trip, you're going, you're wandering around this mall waiting for a meeting. Oh, wow, nice, uh, Dior store, let me pop by and see what they have new. Whatever. Whatever, yeah, it could be many reasons. Absolutely. Right? Or maybe you have a target, you have a shopping list because you need to buy your polo or your, or your sneakers or whatever. It's... You, you don't know, like there might be many purposes, a gift. A gift, absolutely. Um, and this links to the, once you understand what is this purpose, you start asking questions without being intrusive to, with the ultimate goal of understanding the trait. Absolutely. Yeah. Establish a bridge. Establish a bridge. That's really interesting. Discovery is the first step to discovery, as you said. Not like to discover. I discover you. You discover me. We discover something together at the end. So I ask question in order to understand you, but being not too intrusive, as you said, like uh, 
being very subtle. I think it's a little bit like when you meet uh, your your the woman of your life. <laughs> True. It's like you, you try not to be too intrusive, but to establish something unique. But also here, like we live in a city that is extremely transactional, right? And True. how many times uh, we go out and you meet something new and the first thing they ask is, oh, so what do you do? Just because they, <laughs> you know, they're not really interested in who you are, why you are here. It's like, okay, what do you do? So can we do business together? Yeah. Which I, in a way, I like the directness of it. But it also makes me understand that, you know, you're, you're, you're here for business. We are here for, you're not interested in who I am. You are interested in what I do, yeah. which is, which is a huge difference and it's fine, but maybe this gives you a, already an idea of who you're dealing with. And I, I have, I want to share with you, this is a super funny story. Um, I was getting a little bit annoyed about this, <laughs> when I, especially when I was doing a lot of um, events for the company, uh, for the studio. So I, I was trying to connect with people, but in a way I was trying also to be truly social. No, to I, I was I when I came here in Hong Kong, I didn't know anyone, mm. and um, and after a few months, that everybody was like, "Oh, what do you do? What do you do?" And you know, "Oh, I'm opening a design studio," and they would just turn and walk away <laughs> because like, "Oh, he's gonna sell me a brochure or he's gonna <laughs> sell me a business card." So uh, I made this joke, and and it was. Just this is linked to this experience because I wanted to see the observation and seeing the reaction. So when I, what do you do? I was like nothing. I'm rich. My dad sent me here to take care of <laughs> his portfolio, and and you have to see the faces of these people. They're like, is it wow. is it real? Is it joking? Like, <laughs> can we be friends? <laughs> can we be friends? But you would see a clear doubt. Was like. I don't understand if it's, is it true? Yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting because that links to um, this idea of asking questions without being intrusive. Because if you ask me directly like that, you can say something a little bit smoother like, oh, what brings you here? Yeah. Or... Uh, I think uh, uh, a nice way it's... Uh, like for instance, after the observation that you go uh, through in first step one and you find out the reason of the visit, then you can genuinely say, okay, you're here for business and where are you based? So it's like, oh, I'm based in Bangkok. Ah, in Bangkok. Have you been to our store in Bangkok? And you are very not interested in the transaction right now. I'm just asking if you actually went to visit the other store. And already I'm like, well, actually no. Ah, you know, we have it is there and here and blah, blah, blah. And then you start really establishing something that is different. Human. Human, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you touch the point, it's human. And you know what? You're spending time with this person. And yeah. time is very precious. Exactly. And here I think the fourth point, which is the core, I think, here is trying to... Under and this is the... I think this is the mind shift of... Okay, we are doing a transaction, but truly what I want to know uh, is how do we add value to this experience? 
right? Whatever experience it is, maybe you are browsing and you're not going to buy my goal as somebody that, as you said, as an advisor is how do you add value? It could be something very simple, like, you know, here in Hong Kong in summer is very hot and you see somebody that comes into your store all sweaty and something. And, and very simply you say, can, can I give you a glass of water? Yeah. You know? And of course I understand that not all the stores and not everyone uh, will address the, the approach in the same way. But if you think, and if you change your mindset, then I'm not here for a transaction, but I'm here first and foremost to add value. And this leads to um, the fifth point, which is care by anticipating a need. Right? Absolutely, you're right. That's uh, it's very much linked, as you said in the exercise, at value, anticipating their needs, or why not creating? Exactly. I so, mean, for example, this gentleman that comes from Bangkok. Absolutely, you can ask, so you left your wife home, I mean, time your own business. Right. So you're coming for luxury shopping here and then you go back and you go back and your wife knows, finds out that you went for luxury <laughs> shopping. I think maybe it's good if we think about a gift. A gift, exactly. So in this case, you are engaging, you're creating value. You are saying, oh, you're going to make your wife happy. You're and caring for the customer. You're caring for the customer, but also you are anticipating their needs. Because Absolutely. probably in that transaction that thought would come to the customer in it, it, one. Yes. He will buy, you know, his sneakers and then we'll say, well, you know, maybe I need to find something for my wife. And then instead of him doing, um, the, the step, effort, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you are anticipating. And this is what I tell my students in design all the time. If they are designing for a client, like how do you anticipate their needs? once you identified and you have sometimes you have a very specific brief but um and they ask me like you know the, this client asked me to do x y and z but i want to do abc mm. and i'm like okay no so first rule is you cannot just deny the request right so if if I'm a crazy customer, let's say, let's keep on luxury, right? If I am a customer and I say, okay, I want a you know, medium shirt and you're like, mm, you don't <laughs> look like a medium, but <laughs> so you have to deliver what these requests, and this is for retail, for design, uh, for, for, um, you know, F&B, doesn't matter. You are delivering something, and I call it double delivery, right? Mm -hmm. So you are delivering something, and then you are letting them discover something new, something that they didn't even want, but not want, but they didn't even know it could be interesting for them. And that's that's the... This is the second part of the trick, not the trick. I don't like to call it the trick is your mastery. I love the idea of if you are passionate, whatever you do, whatever activity you have to do, you can master it by 
looking at this small detail and and trying to say, oh, how can I push this forward? In in the sense that you are trying genuinely to do something interesting for this person, whoever that is, and you are trying to make them discover something new. Yeah, yeah, you are actually delivering double deliveries, as you said, something that was not expected. You're enriching their day. You're giving an experience. Exactly. And it's not a transaction. That's an experience with a double delivery. Which it's double the value, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, this is this is the t- kind of exercise that I would like to 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 wrap up the with you know observe uh, what is the purpose and and i'm trying to abstract it ask questions without being intrusive to discover traits mm. so there is a discovery part here uh, how do you add value what's your goal in in genuinely adding value anticipating the needs caring mm. and then Finally, double delivering meaning try to understand what these trades lead to and understand that maybe your customer wants the most up-to-date version of something, but there is value in saying, hey, because you're buying the up, most up-to-date, you may also like, you may also like <laughs> you know, the actual opposite. Sometimes that works too, saying, hey, you want the latest whatever sneaker, but you know, this is the original. And now you can tell a story about, you know, I bought the latest sneaker, but I also bought the original where, which is the evolution of this. You know, actually, I tell you a short story. Please. One of, one of the basic selling techniques in shoes, luxury shoes, is when a customer comes in and asks you for model X, you go into your storage room after serving water, making the customer seat comfortable and blah, blah, blah. You get X, then you get X plus and X minus. Of course. So you get the product that are actually closer to the original. So it could be, I would like to have this espadrille with the logo of this blah, blah. I bring you the canvas version. That's the one you want. I bring you the cotton. That's the one a little bit below. Why? Because it's more comfortable and, and then bring you the leather because maybe you want to have it also for special events. Absolutely. You may also like. Yeah. And also trying, I think there is, there is a, there is a, a sweet spot because, and, and this is why I want to, to change the mindset because there is a sweet spot that everybody can do that. Right. Like, Oh, they taught me that I need to bring one up, one down. Uh, every time somebody buys the shoes, offer them the bag, right? I mean, and 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 I understand that, but there is this the subtlety of how do I change the mindset? How do I make him discover? Because then, once again, the you can be transactional even if you are adding uh, products. But you mentioned you may also like. That's what a website does absolutely but what the website doesn't do is i think if you are wearing black jeans because today you're wearing black jeans and you you are buying these shoes if you pair it with such and such this will create such and such and you are 
giving that vision. And this is a very design-centric approach <laughs> true. Of, of understanding and also the ability of using in a business transaction the skill set of a designer of discovery and saying, let me do this mix and match, let me try to analyze. Because when it's only transactional, then you will push back. You will say, no, I don't need the bag. I don't need the cotton one. I don't need yeah. this. I don't need that. You know, and and I have done it hundreds time, hundreds of times when I went, I, I love shoes. And sometimes I, and every single time they were like, oh, you know, you should buy the belt in such a lame way. And I'm like, no. But once I was, there was literally this very skilled um, advisor and he was like, oh, you know, we have five belts. And I was like, okay, this guy is giving me five belts. You know, and these four, they are okay. But this one is the exact same tone of oh, your sure. shoes. And I went like, I need that freaking bad <laughs> and i was like and when i walked out and i i just realized i was like damn it <laughs> but you know actually according to the customer profile you can even do the opposite because if you are facing a customer that is actually very straight and doesn't want to be bothered you can say please try the shoes with the belt i know at home you will have one that is better but it's just because at least in front of the mirror you're gonna see how it's gonna look like <laughs> with the belt you have at home yeah and then actually you're selling him the belt. <laughs> so I, I, I think we can, um, we can um, identify so many different ways of doing that. And we, this doesn't need to become a, you know, a sales, um, a sales technique, but mostly a, a change, change of mindset. True, I you're think right. that, that's, that's, um, that's core. And um, so if we have to, synthesize in three key points uh what we discuss in this uh, long conversation i would say number one is um what we said is the only way that retail can survive is if it provides these two things experience and discovery absolutely right? number two what do you think? But number two, I would say, listen and observe. Listen and observe. In anything you do, listen and observe. Absolutely. And number three, I would say, um, genuinely care and anticipate other people's needs. That's added value. And which, which is added value. In Absolutely. anything, you know, I think is, is, could be in sales, but it could be in, in any kind of uh, business or or activity, I would say in life, you know, transaction <laughs> in store are actually translation of daily interaction between human being. True. So, True. <laughs> I think these are good tips for anything you do. <laughs> Absolutely, um, Ivan. Thank you so so much for being here. And, thank you. Um, uh, it, it was fantastic to craft this exercise with you. If we want to find you, where should we find you? Well, you can find me. I have my personal email, okay. IVAM. No, 
LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. And this is my personal link. I V A N P E R R A. Okay. And uh, you can find me under Versace. That's the company I'm currently working for. Awesome. So please uh, add me if you like. So even Para. And thank you for joining uh, the show. And um, I hope you you enjoyed this small exercise and maybe you can try it and let me know how it goes. I think that implementing this kind of exercise in store would really enhance the experience of our customer and would be translated actually in real numbers. <laughs> Let me know. I'm super curious. <laughs> I will pay you some royalty. <laughs> well, that will be always <laughs> appreciated. Thank you, Gianluca. Thank, Thank you. you, Ivan. GLC Live is produced by Gary Moran. Special thanks to Ivan Perra. I'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment on our podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts.